Hey everyone, welcome to Thriving Marriage with Mark and Bethany. This is our weekly discussion of marriage and family in the Christian life. And today we've got a very special episode because yes. with us in the studio is Dr. Bruce Ware, the author of Big Truths for Young Hearts. And we want to ask Dr. Ware a few questions about the book. So thanks for joining us. Oh, Dr. it's Ware. a pleasure. Thank you for having me. So Dr. Ware is a professor at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and the author of Big Truths for Young Hearts and a number of other books as well. I had the privilege of learning from him in seminary and beyond, and we're just so thankful to have you. And we have benefited from this book a mm. lot in mm-hmm. our family, yeah. and we trust many others have as well. And so we thought it would be really good for our listeners to uh, purchase this book, read this book, and now to hear a little bit from you, uh, kind of some some of the workings behind the book and any thoughts you might have about implementing the stuff in it. Great. Well, thank you for for doing this. I look forward to this discussion. Yeah, us too, definitely. So maybe we could just start by you telling us how the book came about. You know, um, how did you end up writing a book for parents to work through material with their kids? I know you write hefty theological books. Why this one? Right. Well, really, it it came about the origins of it. uh, It came about in a way that I didn't even realize a book was going to come from it. Mm. it. It was just... Um, times that I spent with my two girls. We have two girls who are now grown, of course, and and both walking with the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's all of grace, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, but I just remembered thinking on the way home in the car one day after I had taught seminary students and just reveling in the privilege of teaching these students who were going to be pastors and missionaries. And and then the Lord seemed to prompt me to think, well, what about your own family? What about your mm. girls? Yeah. Now, they were still young, but and I just realized I didn't have anything in place yet in terms of teaching them. And so I was asking the Lord to help me to know what to do. Well, one night, I just it just struck me as we were trying to put them to bed, and they're just giggly girls. They're not, yeah. they're not mischievous <laughs> oh, yes. or anything like that, but they just don't want to go to bed, you know? Right. And uh, so I thought, wow, well, if they don't want to go to sleep yet, mm-hmm. why not co-opt the time? Yes. And... Uh, and teach them systematic theology. Why not? Amazing. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so I started uh, spending 10 to 15 minutes. Now, we just had two, so this worked to do it separately. 10 okay. to 15 minutes with each one um, at their bedside. So I'd get down on my knees when they were you know, lay, laying in bed, and, and uh, we just went through um, all the doctrines of the Christian faith. Little by little, I was in no rush. I would always start with a passage of Scripture, uh, so they would know that uh, our theology comes out of the Bible. I didn't yeah. want them mm. to... I mean, one of the problems with a with a catechetical approach, <clears throat> as good as they are, mm-hmm. is that you can get the idea that it's just dropped down from on high. These doctrinal statements mm. stand alone instead of coming out of the text of Scripture, right? Right. So I, I would always start with a passage of Scripture and then just develop a little piece of the doctrine and then build on that the next night and the next night and... And so on. And over ten years or so, we went through all of the doctrines of the faith. Wow! So years later, years later, uh, my younger daughter Rachel, in particular, kept after me. She (laughs) said, "Dad, you've got to write bedside theology." Mm. That was her name for this book. Yeah, you've got to write this. And I said, Rachel, I am so busy with right. other things. I don't have time to do it. I'm sorry. But she didn't let up. She kept at me. And so one time, I went one, one uh, end of the semester going to the summer, she said this again, and I realized I had time 
to spend on something. Right. And so I decided, okay, I'll do it. And Crossway didn't take that title, Bedside Theology, which was a disappointment to us. Okay. Because they thought it sounded like a pastor doing hospital visitation. I see. Uh, um, so then we thought later we could have done bedtime theology. But anyway, they, they came up with, with the title, Big Truths for Young Hearts. Interesting. But that's how it came about. It was re- really the, the years we spent, uh, you know, father and daughters uh, going through theology together, which was such a joy. Oh, my goodness. I could just start crying right now thinking of the precious times, you know, of talking about these things together eye to eye and just, you know, really glorious. Uh, And then to write it all out was was a privilege to do. Mm. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I love that story. And it's it's inspiring. I mean, that that picture of you kind of kneeling at their bedside and just talking theology, capitalizing on the squirmy time when they're awake. Just that's so cool. So it's motivating, it's inspiring, and at the same time, I think people hear, you know, teaching my kids theology, and they think, you know, that's what seminary professors should do. Mm. How, how can I do that? Right. I mean, even me, I'm sitting here with you. You're in a PhD program. You're, I always refer to you as Mr. Smarty Pants. Sitting across <laughs> from you books, I've read of yours. The and, real you Mr. Know, Smarty right. Pants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I just think, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a degree, I, I'm not, that just it could be daunting, I think, if you're someone who's maybe not at the level academically as you fellas are. So that's, I think that's a great question. How do we, you know, that don't have that degree, how do we come about teaching theology? It could feel scary, you know? Yeah, right. Well, I do think we live in a time when there are wonderful resources available mm-hmm. that hasn't always been the case, but we we have them now. I mean, probably more than you can handle, you know. Right. But, That's true. And and some, of course, it aren't as good, so you want to get recommendations from people right. that you trust. Uh, but there are very good resources in terms of a Bible story type things, going through the Bible with your children, and uh, catechisms. I mean, there are good ones that do tie it to the text, you know, as well. Uh, and then a, a book like mine that does the theology of it, the, mm-hmm. there are others as well. Sinclair Ferguson has one for children, Joel, Joel Beakey, has hmm. one, B-E-E-K-E, yeah. um, okay. has, uh, has one also for children. So there are others as well. But I, I just think um, using a variety of things that are Bible and um, biblical theology, themes of the Bible and theology, systematic theology, hmm. maybe even throwing in a little church history when they get older. That's yeah. right. You know, help them understand some of the main principles of the Reformation or something like that, you know. Right. Uh, just help, helps him develop a biblical way of thinking as they grow, which by God's grace then, you know, as they uh, become Christians, then they have that reservoir of knowledge that all of a sudden can be inflamed because their hearts have been transformed by the Spirit. Mm. Yeah. So it's sort of like you're... Uh, I, I, th- I think of teaching our children when they're young, sort of like... St- uh, stocking your fireplace with wood, mm. and it's not burning yet, right? But it's ready to go. Yeah, oh, right? I like we, that. We have firewood in our fireplace right now, right at home in in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, and uh, and it's still still pretty cold at night, you know. So <laughs> at any moment, if Jody and I are at home, we want a fire. I can just light it up, right there. Well, what happens with our children? I think is we we stock their heads full of truth. Mm. And then as the Spirit does a work to open their eyes to see the truth as truth and the truth as glorious, all of a sudden there is this 
overwhelming growth that can begin to take place. Mm. And they have a background that they can draw on that they wouldn't have if you hadn't taught them. Yeah. 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 That's an awesome picture. I love that. I love that. I think one of the things I appreciate about this book that you wrote, Big Truths for Young Hearts, is, you know, it's you walk through systematically mm. theology yes. and in in bite-sized chunks. And so I'm looking here at the first chapter, God has made himself known, and it's one, two, three pages. Mm. And then there's questions for thought and a memory verse. And right. so that's just a really mm-hmm. manageable chunk yes. for one night. And so I really like the way it's set up, and I can envision someone kind of doing that bedside routine. Yeah, so right. I guess in just practically in the household, how... How would you do this? I mean, I know how you did it. Mm-hmm. And when would you do this? And if you have a variety of ages. Yeah. Kind of just, we have we have two boys, two girls. You know, the 10 mm-hmm. is the oldest, three is the youngest. Mm. You know, how do we go about implementing this in our home, you know, tonight, if we were right, to start? Right, right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, well, I mean, we had, if you want to think of it this way, an advantage of a smaller number to work, yeah. you know, to... to, to uh, it is an advantage. Process, <laughs> process through. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, but, definitely. Um, but I think as, as you have more children, uh, it, it is more difficult. But boy, I, I think the one-on-one, at least in part, not that you have to do it all the time, is really beneficial because the eye contact with that one person yeah. and getting a read on whether they're getting it, uh, are they, you know, are they taking it not only to mind but to heart in this and, and seeing the light come on yes. as I saw with my own girls over the years. But then there's also an advantage of having the family together, you know, so I, I don't know, we, we did family devotions mm-hmm. at dinner mm-hmm. um, after dinner was over and had a prayer notebook. Uh, Jody came up with this idea uh, of putting in prayer requests in blue ink, leaving a gap to write the answer in when it came in red. Mm-hmm. And so we'd have these gaps that we'd fill in. And now we have these, you know, notebooks that we go back through with all these answered prayers. Wow. It's just amazing. So encouraging. Yeah, it is. It really is. It just is a memory of how God heard and cared and answered that you take with you for life, you know. Yeah. So we, you know, I think the family devotional time too, uh, where you read just a, a little bit of scripture together and think about it and ask some basic questions, you know, what do we learn about God? What mm-hmm. do we learn about ourselves? Uh, what, what does God ask us to do? And right. and how, how are we to do that? I mean, just kind of simple things um, that you can have the children share in as you do it is, is so good to do. So I think something individual is good. Something as a whole is good. Uh, you just have to structure it to happen because it's not going to happen on its own. Yes. <laughs> we, we all know that. Yeah. Yeah, time yeah. goes by, yes. and then all of a sudden, I was going to do that, yes. you know, and if it's not in the plans, yeah. we talk about that a lot, where just if it doesn't get put on a plan in our busy household, then yes. time goes by, and we had a lot of good desires that didn't right. actually come about. So Yeah, and you know, one more thought on that is to mm-hmm. st- start when they're young, really young, even though, you know, you've got to be simple and short, Yeah, uh, they don't have a long attention span and the like. But to set the pattern when they're young so that they grow into it and have an expectation, and hopefully, I mean, if they benefit from it over time, not just an expectation, but a, a, a desire, you know, to participate in that. And then you can take it into the older years of your young children. Right. Um, I mean, you know, when you hit the teen years, 
schedules become so crazy. Mm-hmm. It's hard to keep it going. But you can until there are maybe 12 or so, you know. Yeah. And uh, But still, even after that, you can still do it. It's just not, maybe, maybe not everyone will be there every time, but uh, it's just good to keep it going. Yeah, and when yeah. they're young, they're... They're picking up more often than we think. Yes. You know, they're listening, and even if they may not have as much responses. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just sharing with Mark how this morning, you know, our little toddler out of the blue says, you know, God created my brother, you know, and it's like, yeah. yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, and that's just so exciting. And we weren't at that moment talking about God uh, being the uh, creator, but just we speaking have. some truth. But just, you yes. know, it's in there rolling around. <laughs> yes. And I think too, it becomes then a pattern for the parents mm-hmm. too. If you start when they're young, then it's just a pattern that you can continue as it gets busier. Yes. And that's so helpful because it's established. It's something we do. I mean, I say that to the kids a lot, mm-hmm. you know, brushing your teeth. It's just something we do yes. every day. Right. And if you can make theology, teaching your kids theology, something you do every day, that's, going to be mm. lifelong dividends. Yes. So, Amen. Yeah. Right. And in different formats. I mean, you do a really good job of, you know, driving to the car and praying for families and then talking, having a theological discussion on the way to church and having formal devotional time at the uh-huh. breakfast table and everything in between. That's right. right. So, right. Uh, mm-hmm. having the flexibility to be able to capitalize on these opportunities mm-hmm. at various times throughout the day, I think is, is important to just build that in to the normal routine. Amen. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious, Dr. Ware, um, we're talking about teaching children theology, right. and you made a good point about you know uh, fuel in the fireplace mm-hmm. that's ready for when the, the spark is lit. Yeah. I love that. It might be helpful for listeners just to, to hear a little bit of a test case, and if we just took one, I mean, you cover a bunch of topics in your book, mm-hmm. if we just took one topic, and for example, the Trinity. And, just an easy yeah. topic. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm curious, what would you say to someone who, who would ask you the question, you know, why does my eight-year-old need to learn about the Trinity? Isn't right. that something that they should maybe learn when they get to college or, you know, high school? But sure. why does a five-year-old or eight-year-old or a three-year-old need to start hearing lessons about God as Trinity? Right. Well, you think about it, you want your children to learn the gospel, right, when they're young. Yes. Um, you don't know when the Holy Spirit will work to bring them to faith, but you, you want to be faithful in telling them this. But, of course, that gospel message is of a father who sent his son. Mm-hmm. And uh, now maybe you don't always say this, but the son came and lived in the power of the Spirit and was raised from the dead. And so yeah, just the elements of the gospel involve the Trinity. Mm. Now, you may not have told them that the Trinity is a doctrine attached to this. Right. But it is, right? I mean, really, to understand Christian theology, any part of it, you have to think in terms of the one God who is three. And uh, so, so yes, you know, uh, at least, you know, God's own pedagogy, if I can think of, think of it that way with you, his method of teaching his people who he is started with he's one. So the Old Testament is largely emphasizing uh, there is no other God besides me. Right. Uh, there is no one like me. You know, the, those statements come over and over again. So the one God. But then when we come to the New Testament, we realize that that one God is Father who sends a Son, Son sent by the Father, who you might wonder who that is. Well, he'll tell us. I and the Father are one. Mm-hmm. Right. Before Abraham was, I am, mm-hmm. you know? So, and then, of course, the Spirit likewise 
is spoken of as God, the baptismal formula, baptizing in the name, singular, of the Father and the Son and the Spirit. So, so to understand the gospel is to understand that the one God who saves us can only do so because he is Father, Son, and Spirit. And then there are so many other things that just kind of can help. I, I think one of, the, one of the lessons from the Trinity that has been most uh, helpful to me as I've thought about it for family, for church life, is, is the, the fact that in the Trinity you see an, an equality, a, a unity of the triune persons in which there is not unison to thinking musically, mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of what they say and do, right? Yeah. And it, but and it, but there's a distinction among the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that is not discord. Mm. So where where do you find um, a unity that is not unison mm. and a distinction that is not discord? Mm. Well, it's harmony. That's right. Harmony, mm. right? That's where you have unity that is not unison, but distinction that is not discord. That's right. right. That's the Trinity. So they always work together in an undivided way. There's never, never it, in a millisecond of, you know, sparring over what should be done or who should do what. I mean, there's, there's always a unity. But they carry out their roles according to who each of them is. The Father yeah. always functioning as Father, the Son is Son, the Spirit is Spirit. And, and they do so in ways that support each other. So Jesus seeks to glorify the Father, and yet he prays, glorify me when I return in John 17. And the Spirit, when he comes, he will glorify me. And so there is this supporting unity, common work, but accomplished through distinctive persons and roles. So you think how that works in a family mm-hmm. is to emphasize yeah. the unity that we have in Christ, in the things that we believe that are most fundamental and foundational to, to what it means to be a Christian, right? But the diversity comes in different personalities, mm-hmm. different giftings, yeah. right. different quirkiness, That's yeah, right. you know, definitely. including your own, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, Actually, yeah. and so... Um, you know, le- learning to, to um, corral those differences in a way that work to co- the common good of the family and to the glory of God, and yet celebrating the differences. I just think that's really a, a lesson that comes from the Trinity. It's awesome. Yeah. So good. So great. You talk about our quirkiness in our family, and I kind of expected Bethany to break into song yeah. when you when you talked about harmony. Uh, she was getting fired up. She had to restrain I was, I was, herself. Yeah, there. I was ready. We should sing an old hymn together right uh-huh. now. <laughs> we could do a trio right yeah, here. That's true. <laughs> well, I think too. I mean, practically, we have a daughter who's now ten, but I want to say maybe four years ago. She was proposed to out on the playground, yes. um, and yes. apparently she turned down this young oh man my. because he didn't have the Trinity squared away. Yes. Oh. So he. His, she, <laughs> okay. She asked him. 
you know, uh-huh. do you know about the Trinity? Can you tell it to me? And he didn't. He didn't know. Uh-huh. And she's like, I'm sorry. You know, yeah. this won't work. <laughs> Deal breaker. <laughs> oh, my. That's when we knew we were Yay. proud of her at that moment. No you know? kidding. So. so the reasons to learn theology abound. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yep. Even helping with marriage. That's For right. For your That's future right, yeah. spouse. <laughs> that is on the list of if they're qualified or not. It actually not. is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It actually is. Oh, man. Well, this has been really interesting, really helpful, really so encouraging. Great. Yeah, thank you so much for just taking this time to have a conversation with us and for all of the work that went into this book. Sure. I I trust it uh, it guides many good conversations about really important things. And I I didn't say it, but there's so many. I mean, you can just hear in talking to you, you just, you like speak with examples. You know, the examples Mm, just flow out. And that is so helpful for children Mm. to make it relevant. But for adults using this book, you, you know, you're giving us those mm. examples on a silver platter to uh, just read and then share right then. It, Cause not all of us come up with these, this is like this mm-hmm. in that moment. And you have so many of those in right. each section. It helps to teach the biblical truth mm. that we may know, or we may read in the Bible, but how do I make it more relevant? I just see that all throughout mm. the book. So that's well, a huge piece God. of it. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Thank you. It's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Mark and Bethany. It was really a joy to be part of this. Appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. See ya.